listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I am so excited about this day. I'm always so excited as we have this opportunity to come together and to just encourage one another. Today is all about lifting high the name of Jesus Christ. In fact, that's what every day is about. We have the opportunity to wake up, to walk on God's earth, to breathe his air and to bring glory to his name. And I always like to start the program by sharing just a quick thought, a quick truth that you can take with you throughout your day. And I just want you to know, It's the truth that God has written on my heart first thing that morning as I'm spending my time with him, as I'm getting ready for my day. And this morning, the Lord was so clear that we should remember the privilege of prayer, the opportunity every day to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us, to know that he daily bears our burdens, that he is our burden bearer. And so that hard spot, that difficulty, that trial, that overwhelming circumstance, that incredible praise, Whatever that is that's going on in your heart and in your life today, know that you have the opportunity and the privilege to take that to Jesus, to lay it at his feet, to surrender it to his plans and to his purposes and to say, Lord, not my will be done, thy will be done. And you know what happens in a moment when we do that? We have peace that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So today, as you're just walking through your day, whatever that overwhelming situation is, just stop right now and say, Lord, Jesus, here it is. This is what it is. Here's here's what's going on in my life. He already knows, but it's so good for us to verbalize it and then to literally lay it at his feet. So that's what the Lord has been laying on my heart today. And I pray that that's an encouragement to you. I want to welcome Bethany to the show today. Bethany, how are you? I am doing really well. It's a gorgeous day. I'm feeling good. All right. And so we have just already started off by talking about the privilege of prayer. And I know that you are a praying girl. (laughs) I know that you love Jesus. And you know what an opportunity we have every day just to say, Lord, here, here is my heart. Here's my life. And here are my circumstances. Yes. And prayer has become just so much more of an important thing in my life. I feel like in the past few years, as I've just grown in my faith, I've gotten into the habit of praying as I go into work. And so on my drive in, I keep my eyes open, but I'm praying and I've, I've started praying out loud. That was something that I really didn't do a whole lot before. I would just say kind of a quick prayer in my head and move on. But I feel like it has just made God so much more real to me. The friendship that we can have with the Lord, that he is here with us and that we just have that chance to really talk to him. I agree. Yesterday I did the same thing. I was driving around and running errands and praying some specific prayers out loud. Mm -hmm. And I think it helps to settle those prayers into our heart and to remember his character. And so what a great opportunity we have today. We're talking about, drum roll, (laughs) my favorite gal in the Bible, Ruth. Mm. Oh, I love Ruth. You know, I have a book called On the Road with Ruth. And so I spent several years researching, looking at her story, looking at her life and really trying to put myself into her position. And, you know, I was telling you earlier that I really believe one day Ruth and I are going to be really good friends. You know, (laughs) when we get to heaven, I I hope that I have some special time with her because there's just so many questions that I have. And, you know, I just want to know so many more details. Like, what was it like? How did you feel in this moment? You know, we don't know what we're going to talk about or do or remember 
for when we get to heaven, but I sure hope for some girl time with Ruth. (laughs) (laughs) And so I want to talk just a little bit about the story of Ruth and why Ruth is so applicable to us. You know, it is what is called a spotlight book. And so this book, this story of Ruth, it is believed that it took place around Judges chapter 10. Mm -hmm. And so it's like we get this glimpse into what life was like during this time for God's chosen people, the Israelites. And what we learn as we look at the Old Testament is that during the time of the judges, the children of Israel, God's chosen people, they did as they saw fit in their own eyes. Mm -hmm. That means that if they wanted to do it, they did it. Uh, That means that there were no, you know, real right or wrong answers. There was no clear cut rules that they followed. And as we look at that culture, we can see a resemblance to today's culture Mm -hmm. where there's just no absolute truth and where people kind of do what they want to do. And this created a cycle within God's chosen people, the Israelites. And the cycle was debilitating. It was devastating for them because they didn't respect the authority of the one true God. And so they would sin. God would send consequences. The people would repent. God would send a judge in order to save them. And then they would thrive only to fall back into that pattern of sin. And so you see this sin cycle just prevalent during the time of the judges. And it is within that context that the story of Ruth is recorded. And we know that during this time when the story of Ruth is recorded, that there was a famine in the land. And because there was a famine in the land, this Jewish family, this God-fearing family, they left Bethlehem, which meant house of bread, and they went to live in this foreign country of Moab. If you understand the culture of Moab, then you know that they had no respect for the one true God. Uh, Sin cycles were prevalent. Um, There was sexual promiscuity. In fact, Moabite women, this is so important, Moabite women were believed to be dangerous to Israelite men. Hmm. So for Naomi and Elimelech, the mom and the dad, to take their two sons, Malon and Kilion, to a land that was foreign, that was grievous to God, and that was believed to be dangerous to Israelite men, it tells us the severity of this famine. You know, I have two boys, and (laughs) I love to protect my boys. And there's something about a mama's heart that is constantly surveying the landscape of their life and trying to find danger and trying to avoid that danger. And I know that for Naomi, that was probably the case as well. But the famine was so severe that Moab seems like a good option. Mm -hmm. You know, and oftentimes we allow our circumstances to make our decisions. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, when we fail to remember the authority of God, the plan of God, the will of God, then it puts us into dangerous situations. Well, and I think too, that we start to then justify because I'm sure in their heads, they thought, well, Moab can't be that bad. And I I feel like we can often do that with sin, just justifying it. We justify it. And then we'll tell ourselves this lie that it will only be for a a season Mm. or it won't affect anyone else, you know? And so we do get into just this tendency of justifying sin in our daily lives and also just trying to survive. And again, I want us to remember how we started this program because I think the truth of being able to take our burdens and our circumstances to the Lord, laying those at his feet through the process of prayer, it is a safeguard for us because in that process, we open up communication to ask the Lord, okay, what do you have for me in the midst of this challenging circumstance? What should I do? Where should I go? How should I react? How should I respond? And so as New Testament believers, because the spirit of God lives inside of us, he is never going to leave us alone. He is not going to leave us. He is not going to forsake us. He is going to lead us. And we can walk in truth in the midst of these overwhelming circumstances. And so we see that the setting of the book of Ruth is really interesting and important for us to understand. There was a famine going on. 
done. So this family, they left Bethlehem, they went to Moab, and once they got to Moab, really hard things happened. You know, and when we look at Ruth chapter one, we just see like bullet point after bullet point after bullet point of hard, difficult things. And I want us to take those in because it helps us to get the real feel of what was taking place. Remember, when you read the Bible, when you come to the word of God, these are stories of real people with real lives who had real challenging circumstances, and they are doing their best to navigate them just like we are trying to navigate our circumstances. So it makes the word of God so applicable for our everyday circumstances because we can see the character of God. We can see the provision of God. We can see the heart of God. And that's what we see whenever we see the story of Ruth. We see the character of God, the provision of God to pursue us and to provide even in the midst of our wrong decisions. And so we want to talk about some of these hard things that were going on in Ruth chapter one. The first thing we've already mentioned is the famine. You know, I don't know, Bethany, we probably will say from time to time, I'm starving or I'm hungry. But have we really ever been hungry? You know, maybe for us being hungry is missing one meal or missing a snack. But whenever there is the intensity of a famine, certainly you just want to get to the food. You just want to get to the immediate provision because that's that's what's most important in that moment. And so just the famine represents something that was really hard. So Naomi and Elimelech, this mom and this dad, they go to Moab, they settle there. And then there are these really hard things that happen. The first thing that happens is that Elimelech died. The husband, the provider, the protector, he, for whatever reason, lost his life. And then Naomi is left with her two sons, Malon and Kilion, who decide to marry Moabite women. And, you know, again, because of the circumstances of the relationship between Moab and Bethlehem, I'm sure whenever Naomi was raising these two boys, her hopes and her dreams and her plans probably never included that they marry Moabite women. You know, we think about our boys or we think about our children. And even when they're little, we're praying for their spouses. We're praying for the direction of their lives. And we can't help because we're moms to have some plans for them that we think that would be wonderful or that's what I hope for. And so putting yourself in Naomi's position going, okay, I've moved these boys to this foreign land. They have met and married these women. And now I feel a sense of responsibility for perhaps them making a decision that wasn't what God had for them. And the guilt and the weight and perhaps even the shame of that for Naomi, I just wonder what that was like for her. And we're going to see just an incredible transformation in Naomi's life. But we find Naomi in chapter one, and she's overwhelmed by these hard circumstances. You know, her sons have met and married Moabite women. And I want to introduce you to these Moabite women because they are central characters in this story. The first one is Ruth, and she's our girl, right? (laughs) She's the one that we're going to follow. She's the one that we're going to learn from. She's the one that we're going to see God's lavish grace all over every single detail in her life. And then there was another woman named Orpah. And what we're going to see of Orpah is that she was committed to Naomi, but ultimately she was drawn back to her people of Moab. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But again, we have to feel the weight of the difficult circumstance that Naomi was in. Uh, We have to understand that she was real and that she was facing these overwhelming circumstances and probably just wondering, what should I do? So let's talk about some of these circumstances. We see the famine. We see death. uh, We see marriage to Moabite women. We also see barrenness. Uh, Both of Naomi's sons, Malon and Kilion, they were married to Ruth and Orpah. And for whatever reason, neither Ruth nor Orpah were able to conceive and have a child. And that was very difficult in this culture. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult any 
anytime. But in this particular culture, it really was devastating. And it was believed to be a curse because lineage was everything. Uh, it was through lineage that the name was passed on, that the land was passed on, and that provision came. And so whenever they were not able to have children, it was almost like God was wiping them out or that they were being wiped out from the Israelite people. And so barrenness was very, very difficult. Uh, following this struggle with barrenness, we see that both sons also died. I mean, just getting your mind around that, you've lost your husband, you've lost your children. Now you are with your two Moabite daughters-in-law and you just are kind of like wondering, what do you do? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what's next? Does God still see? Does God still know? Does God still love? Does God still provide in that moment? And it was in that moment, that moment of desperation and that moment of hopelessness that we see Naomi make a very, very wise decision. I want to read it for you uh, from Ruth chapter one, verse six, when she, Naomi, heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. And I want us to unpack that when we come back on the other side of the break, because that verse of scripture is all about the wisdom of Naomi to realize where God was at work and to join him there. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. So, Bethany, we're back and we're talking all things Ruth Mm -hmm. and Naomi in this first program, because really, in order to understand the complexity of this book, you have to understand Naomi and you have to understand the relationship between Naomi and Ruth, because as the story unfolds, we're going to see there is this beautiful interdependence between the two of them when it comes to their survival as they leave Moab and go back to Bethlehem. And so I really want us to feel the weight of this story. The story of Ruth is a story of heartbreak loss, hurt, of pain, but it's also a story of soul deep restoration. And so even as we read this first chapter and we feel the weight of their circumstances and we talked about it, I mean, it was hard. There was death, there was famine, there was barrenness. In the midst of all of that, we are dealing with real people who have real lives, who were facing real circumstances. And as Ruth is making this decision, am I going to leave Moab? Am I going to leave my home country? Am I going to leave everything that is comfortable? in order to go to Bethlehem with this mother-in-law, we have to realize that she's making a decision to go against anything that is natural or normal in her life. Because when she arrives in Bethlehem, she's an outsider. You know, she's a foreigner. She's an alien. Uh, That's how the scripture would uh, describe her. She was not from the Jewish culture. And so she had a stigma as a result of that. And I just am so impressed with her tenacity. Mm -hmm. And I'm so impressed with her fortitude to follow God's plan for her life. And we're going to see that in Ruth chapter two, that Ruth had a relationship with the one true God. She refuged into him. And that's what I want us to understand today. If there was anything that I hope that we take away from this program, it is that as we refuge into God, as we trust in him, as we confide in him, he will put us in the right places with the right people for his right purposes. And there's a beautiful confidence 
difference that can come in that moment, even if we perceive ourselves to be on the outside. Exactly. And I think too, that this is a good example for anybody who's ever felt less than or left out or just like, I don't belong here. How Ruth stayed focused on what was really important. She knew God brought me here for some reason, and I'm going to focus on God and just remain rooted in him. It's such a safety net for Mm -hmm. us because all of us as women, let's just talk for a second as women, we all know what it's like to feel less than. We all know what it's like to feel on the outside. We all know what it's like to wonder, can I fit in? Will I belong? You know, and sometimes those circumstances, they cause us to be stirred up into a tizzy. Mm -hmm. I mean, our good Southern word, right? (laughs) A tizzy where we're just looking to circumstances in order to get that acceptance and that value and that purpose. But we see that Ruth cut through that Mm -hmm. when she refuged into God and when she knew who she was and what her life was about. And so let's see that unfold in the rest of Ruth chapter one. Uh, Prior to the break, I told you that Naomi did something very wise when she heard that the Lord had come to the aid of his people in Bethlehem by providing food. She got up from that place in Moab and she set out to return to Bethlehem. And there's so much application in that for you and me, because first we have to realize that God meets us in our Moabs. We Mm -hmm. all have Moabs. We all have poor decisions. We all have confusing circumstances. We all have overwhelming obstacles in our life and we don't have to figure those out. Let's just hear that and celebrate that today. (laughs) We were not created to figure those out on our own. Mm -hmm. God comes to us in those places and he moves and he provides and he draws us to himself. And our opportunity is to respond and to pursue him in those moments. And so we see that Naomi heard that the Lord had come to the aid of his people in Bethlehem. He was providing food. So she did not stay in that difficult spot. She got up and she moved to where God was at work. Now we're going to see that there's this encounter between Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah that takes place in the rest of Ruth chapter one. And it is believed that this conversation was happening just a few miles outside of Moab. It's like, you know, Naomi is trucking along, walking. Let's remember this was a long journey from Moab and it was believed to be a dangerous and hard, treacherous walk. And so right outside of Moab, Naomi stops and she's like looking at these two daughters-in-laws and she's like, listen, y'all need to go back home. Mm. You need to go back to what makes sense. You need to go back to your people. You need to go back to your families. You need to meet and marry a Moabite man and you need to live happily ever after. And we see that Orpah and Ruth respond differently to this particular instruction by Naomi. They both cry. They both are overwhelmed by their own circumstances, Orpah ultimately turns and goes back to Moab and that which is comfortable. Ruth, on the other hand, she clings to Naomi. And we're going to see that in Ruth chapter one, starting in verse 14. At this, they wept again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods go back with her. But Ruth replied, listen to the tenacity of Ruth in this moment. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Now Mm -hmm. listen to verse 18. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go back to Bethlehem, she stopped urging her. So let's think about Ruth in that moment. She had an easy out. 
She could have easily turned around and gone back to that which was comfortable, that which made sense, that which probably would have been easier in the moment. But something had happened in Ruth's life. The moment she married Naomi's son, her allegiance changed. Her culture changed. Her people changed. Her God changed. There was something so transformational about that marriage within Ruth's life that it changed the direction of her life. And I want us to think about the application of that for our lives. When we entered into a saving relationship with Jesus, we became the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, everything changed for us. The direction of our life, the purpose of our life, our focus, what is the win for us in our daily lives? Everything changed. And not only did everything change, the reality of that is that our decisions then change. You know, and that's what I think is so beautiful about Ruth's moment here in Ruth chapter one is that because of that marriage relationship with her husband, with Naomi's son, we see that it's going to change her decision right here, right now in this intense emotional moment where she's looking at Naomi and she's saying, you are my people. You know what? Your God is my God and I'm going to be with you no matter what. And that tenacity to know the direction of her life that was set by that marriage relationship. And also it was set by her relationship with the one true God, which we're going to see in Ruth chapter two, that she refuged into him. And so it gave clarity to this very difficult emotional moment. Well, and I think what would happen if we had that response when the Lord asks us to go and do something that seems outside of our comfort zone, there may be people in our life that are really well-meaning, but to say, you're crazy. What are you doing? But we have to be so rooted in Christ and so settled in our relationship where we know, I know that this sounds crazy, but I'm in God's family and I'm, I'm following after him. And his yes is the most important yes. His approval, his direction, his well done is so much louder, hopefully in our ears and in our heart and in our mind than any other yes or well done or whatever. And so we do see just a real beautiful moment here as Ruth is saying, you can urge me and Orpa can go back, but I'm sticking with you. And so that that tenacity, that decision, that strong determination. And we see that that happened because she clung to the right thing. And and we have to understand that there are right things in our life that we hold on to. We hold on to scripture. We hold on to uh, right relationships. We hold on to purpose. We hold on to God's calling. We fight for those right things in our lives. And when we do, it positions us to live out the plans that he has for us. And we're going to see how Ruth, uh, the entire our book, it literally unfolds step by step. And if you have the opportunity to pick up On the Road with Ruth, whether that's through my website or through Amazon, uh, you will see that the book is laid out like a journey. It literally walks you through her story. And the reason why is because that's the goodness of God's word. Mm-hmm. It walks us step by step. You know, here in Ruth chapter one, all she knows is that she's supposed to be in Bethlehem with Naomi. She has no idea. And I'm going to just kind of spoiler alert right here. <laughs> she has no idea that at the end of Ruth chapter four, she's going to be grafted in Mm -hmm. to the lineage of Jesus Christ. And and quite honestly, even at the end of Ruth chapter four, she didn't know that. We see that in the book of Matthew. And so we have to hold on to the right things because the right things, whether that's people or places or opportunities, they position us for the right plan of God. And Bethany, ultimately, our hope is in the relationship, Mm -hmm. not in the roles and the responsibilities. And we've talked about that so many times. And I think we talk about that all the time because it's truly one of my struggles. Like it's one of those things that I have to remember and that I have to preach to myself. Like we all need truths that we preach to ourselves in order to combat those blind spots. And I'm 
I'm prone, just a moment of transparency here, I'm prone to try to get my value from the things I do and from the people I know and from the, you know, steps that I make, whether that's professionally or in my family or in my personal life, whatever. I can look to those things in order to say, okay, I'm on track here. Mm -hmm. But again, that is such a slippery slope because we are judging that based upon our value system instead of God's value system. But if we can look to God, if we can look to that relationship, if we can get our well done if we can get our direction, if we can cling to him, it really works. Like, I just want to be so honest and say, like anybody needs me to say this, but I'm saying it as much for myself. God's plan works. Mm -hmm. The way that he reminds us and teaches us and draws us into relationship with him, it's the best. It's so good. And it always is driving us towards him, towards surrender, towards obedience, towards trust, and towards just simple steps of faith. And as we learn to live that way, we'll have these moments in our life where we know that we know that we know that we're at the right place at the right time to fulfill his right plans and purposes, even if everybody around us thinks we're just a little bit crazy. So as we think about Ruth and Naomi, and we think about Ruth chapter one, we see so many beautiful things. We see that God met Naomi in her Moab and drew her back to Bethlehem. We see that Ruth was determined and clung to the right things. And as a result of that, she was positioned to live that good, pleasing and perfect will that God had for her. And boy, was she in for a lot of surprises. So come back next week and we'll continue the journey of Ruth. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.